Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gentlemen, to another edition of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. I am your host, Sean Grice, aka Magic Man. My co host with me, Mr. Joe Soro. And we're coming to you in a really good mood. Lakers defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 134 107. Best win of the year uh, from start to finish, Joe. Uh, the largest lead the Memphis Grizzlies had was three. And then after that, it was. Lakers pretty much almost leading wire to wire. Uh, a great overall game from uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, Rui Hashimura contributed with 23 points off the bench. Joe, the bench had their best game of the year, 57 points co- combined. And uh, just want to get your thoughts on uh, what you saw tonight and how are you feeling? I I can't express how perfect of a game tonight was. When I was looking at the box score, I actually, for a second there, forgot that the 62.9% from three was the three-point stat. For a second there, I thought, man, we shot terribly from the free throw line. Then I refocused and looked. I said, oh, no, that's the three-point stat. They absolutely own this game pretty much from start to finish, and they ended it even better. LeBron James played 23 minutes. Anthony Davis played 27 minutes, had six blocks and 11 rebounds to go with his 19 points. I mean, there's 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 just not a more perfect stat line than that. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of that because this was the first hopefully 10 to 15 games this season where LeBron doesn't play the fourth quarter. If that happens, it's, it is going to be, it's going to mean very good news for the longevity of his year. Uh, But beyond that, going back to the the team's performance, obviously we're, we're probably not going to have all, well, I think 11 I think eleven players played. Um, no, the the uh, the whole bench cleared out. Yeah, I think only Hood Shafino is the only one that didn't play. That's everyone, it. Everyone played. Even uh, Lewis played five minutes. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't score a basket with his one shot to kind of get everybody to score. But anyways, I, I was absolutely just ecstatic that D'Angelo Russell played as well as he did. Cam Reddish, obviously, he's been kind of a consistent, you know, kind of spark plug for the team. Uh, Torian Prince, 
not a big night, but hey, shooting two out of five from three, shooting 50% from the field, 29 minutes, did, did pretty well. Uh, Rui Hachimura, my God, I think we got something there off the bench if, 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 if he stays healthy. I think there could be something there. I'll be, uh, we're going to need to follow that. If, if he ends up playing as well as he has or as well as he did tonight, even maybe 75% of how well he played tonight, then we're going to have a very, very good setup there. Uh, Cam, if- Cam Radish did his best impression of Trevor Ariza tonight. Three for seven from the field. Made all all his points, came off threes for the free throw uh, line. Joe, he played uh, he played collapsing defense on Desmond Bain. Now, and while Bain, what Bain lacks in length, he makes up for in physicality and uh, prowess with his ability to dribble drive. Cam Radish made his life miserable tonight. The question, you know, I find it interesting that we had a show that that we were asking if we were overcritical, overcritical of this team. And I'm going to answer it again now. No, we, we weren't. Uh, the Lakers played a really bad Portland team and looked like they were not interested. If it was a January game or a February game, I would buy that kind of performance because that happens when you start to get towards that last third of this of the season but they showed what you're supposed to do when you have this talent again I'm going to remind you guys we have LeBron James still dropping 25 a game and Anthony Davis on your team I'm sorry if I'm, I'm I'm greedy you have two all-star starters right now, if they stay healthy, they are all-time greats. I'm sorry, I, I have to expect more. That's just what that's just what those that talent does. I'm sorry. That's why you're paying them 50, 60 million a year. So this game was more indicative of what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to blow out a handicapped Memphis Grizzlies team. You're supposed to blow out a handicapped Portland team. If you play competitive games against good teams and lose, we're still going to say, okay, well, they, they, they try to do their best and, and, and the other team just made more shots. There's a difference where the first 10 games, we just, I just didn't see any assertiveness. Tonight, I was surprised at how fast they were getting to their spots Really curious. I would love to actually be in the press uh, post game uh, to talk to Darvin Ham and, and ask him. Go, Darv, coach. Your team looked like they were moving a, a step ahead quicker tonight. What was the reason? Was it familiarizing yourselves together? Was it getting tired of playing like dog crap? What was it? Because I would really like to know that answer and. If I had to take a guess, uh, I would say maybe they just got tired of being dogged on. You know what? We're going to come out here and we're just going to run the game. And then as shots went in, it just enhanced their energy even more. And then we come back and tell them, see, guys, what happens when you play hard? When you play hard, good things happen. When you're focused, good things happen. And... They did just that, and it was a very, very nice, relaxing game. I, I watched the game in three different places. 
one at a restaurant, one in my car, and the other obviously in my living room with you guys. So whoever says technology and cell phones aren't good, uh, I beg to differ. As we welcome in our esteemed podfather, Gerald Glassford. Gerald, welcome in on the post game. Welcoming in Gerald after a Lakers sound victory, 134-107. Uh, Gerald, season high for the Lakers in rebounds, assists. And they found a way, Gerald, to be consistent from quarter to quarter. They actually got better as the game went on and found themselves. Okay, well, I mean, eventually Memphis was going to make a little bit of a run. But, I mean, Gerald, you were on mute. Oh, except for the third quarter, I was going to say. So, except yeah, well, for the six-point plays. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the six-point plays that were irritating Joe to know. That wasn't and, their yeah. fault. That was a... Go ahead. Outside no, of that, no, no, outside no. of that is a perfect game for the something, Lakers. Something, something new happened in an NBA game that I had never seen before. So instead of just dealing with uh, a double tech, they decided to give a double tech and give two other techs and then one other tech, and all that came to fluff for one free throw, Gerald. A ten-minute review. Another five minutes to to consult about the review, and all that registered was one free throw for the Lakers. I thought that that uh, hullabaloo was a big to do about nothing, Gerald. Uh, I don't think that's a spark or a springboard for anything for the Lakers. I think that was just AD just standing up for himself. Um, I'm not sure what you thought about that uh, transpiring earlier in the game, but uh, any thoughts? But you saw with the contusion, it got a little chippy early on. Uh, Maybe that's some of the NBA Cup talking, but I don't know. It just seemed like it was getting a little chippy at first. But the Lakers, again, they made a statement today. Uh, It was the exact statement you want to make. I mean, we've talked about how this team should do this more often. This is the kind of performance we needed to see on Sunday. This is the kind of performance you need to see when you have a team that's inferior to you by a long shot on paper. And with LeBron coming back, there's absolutely no excuse. AD dominant with six blocks. As Intel Wild says, when AD is dominant defensively and blocking 68 blocks, things are going to get much easier for us. Well, don't say that because the Orlando, he blocked seven shots, I think, in the Orlando game. Yeah. So we'll he just, but, but that Joe, was a misnomer. Joe, Joe, Joe was saying, yeah, the, you know, three of those, three of those other ones that should have been called blocks or steals. He, he could have easily been credited with nine blocks tonight, yes, Gerald. Absolutely. Um, and it's it, it, here by far in, in, you know, since the Memphis game, it's, it was it hey, he, played the Memphis Grizzlies he, in the playoffs. He, he's inspired when he sees uh, Grizzlies and the number 13. Uh, on the other side, that is a personal uh, vendetta with Anthony Davis. No but doubt. But what it also it. does with this beauty pageant known as the NBA Cup, as you know, not only is it the fact you have to have wins and losses, but what is your point differential? And so, what this does is it creates a, a situation where the Lakers now lead 
for as far as the NBA standings are concerned in the in-season tournament for their group. And I'm going to share that right now so I could show everybody on the screen. Uh, everybody going to go right there. And you see where the Lakers are at, 2-0. and But it's very important that they had the point differential uh, that they did for tonight so that they could go ahead and surpass the Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah Jazz, two of their three wins, I think, have come in the NBA Cup standings. So, uh, again, the, the Lakers are looking good in their in their group. Uh, hopefully they can continue to go ahead and play this well. Outside of the group, we'll see tomorrow. I'm hoping they won't relax on their laurels, Magic Man, for tomorrow because De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, they're going to come in tomorrow and run the Lakers to the ground if they don't. LeBron, only 23 minutes, like Joe said. That's absolutely what you, what you want to go ahead and expect from LeBron. That's absolutely what you need. You need a comfortable victory so you can get them some rest, especially on a back-to-back, and they did that tonight. Yeah, 100%, Gerald. Uh, definitely going to need LeBron and uh, AD tomorrow night. I will say uh, it was a it was a total team effort, and, you know, I, I'm just – I'm having realistic expectations that tomorrow, Gerald, somehow I think it's just going to come down to how AD and LeBron are playing in the fourth quarter. Well, uh, well, this tomorrow is the toughest game of that five-game stretch you and I talked about. That's the only one where people have questioned that they might lose because it's a back-to-back. But if they play like this, Magic Man, I don't think they will. I don't think they will either, Gerald. Uh, you know, and traditionally, uh, I'll, I'll I'll have to look it up, but I, I, I'm, I, I think the Lakers fare, have fared pretty well coming in on the second half of a back-to-back if they've won the first one. I, I, I believe in the uh, – during our chip year, I think that the Lakers had an ungodly record uh, in in back-to-back games. So uh, I'll look that up and make sure we have it. But I agree, Gerald, that they should come out pretty stout tomorrow. I mean, it, it's not as if – it's not as if Sacramento's uh, has been off for a couple of days. They played a very energetic – young Cleveland Cavaliers squad a couple nights ago, Gerald. So Fox the Rose has come off the bloom with this team, magic man. They're not the team that they were last year. They're not catching anybody by surprise. No, they are not. They are not. And I think they realized that head on when they lost the Aaron Fox for a few games and still managed to uh, keep their heads above water. But Gerald, yeah, these are not the uh, up and coming surprise. Yeah with a punch in the mouth Kings, uh, the Lakers know exactly who they are. They got us once. I don't think they're going to, they're going to get us again. I hope not. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, that loss still stings Joe. And I have called that out as far as it's a game that they should have won in Sacramento. But uh, it looks like again, that if they're playing like this, playing with a lot of confidence and hopefully they can transfer that to tomorrow. But, We've seen where teams go from one extreme to the next in a matter of 24 hours. Yeah, uh, Gerald, uh, wow. Um, Speaking of that, uh, Gerald, I'm just about to pull up something that uh, explains that dramatically well. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But again, the Lakers go to 2-0 and in their cup, 6-5 and overall in the season. Uh, and they do lead in their pool uh, over so the Utah Jazz. This has just been released by uh, Elias Sports via SportsCenter, Gerald. The Los Angeles Lakers shot 62.9% from three, the highest three-point percentage in a game with at least 35 attempts in NBA history. So as poorly as the Lakers have shot all year, Gerald, they made NBA history tonight. Absolutely. Uh, that's what you got to gotta see. That's what you like. Uh, Darren said, uh, Joe LeBron jumps in passing lanes like Cam and Rui. was good to see. Ham is still not all there because no way Prince gets more minutes than Rui. Uh, care to comment on that? And thank you for the super chat, Darren. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the reasoning for keeping Rui on the bench, other than maybe he was saving him for the fourth, so he didn't have to worry about putting LeBron in. That's the only logical reason why I thought of it. Uh, but then again, why why wouldn't you play Rui 30 minutes? Uh, he's a mid 20s. He's a what, 25 years old, 26, 27. Uh, yeah, I don't know if necessarily you need it. But there's also the fact that this, this this team is, you can't play everyone 25, 30 minutes if you're going to run 11 guys out there. Uh, and that's that's something I think he'll have to figure out in terms of tightening it up when 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 the season continues to progress. Uh, the, the best part about the last two games is LeBron has averaged 11 and a half minutes in two games and the Lakers are two and oh. So if you want to get down to the nitty, to the nitty gritty, uh, that's a beautiful number. <laughs> it is, it is it, that, and Joe, uh, it, it it felt like uh, it was um, Dante's Inferno with the, the LeBron minutes. Abandon all hope, ye who enter, especially after the what, first. What is it with the Memphis Grizzlies where LeBron sits the fourth? Have you noticed that it's always Memphis? We get the best play out of our team with them. I don't, and, I don't and know why. And, and, and AD had a pep in his step. Jeez. Well, I know, you know why in you, the playoffs. I know why in the playoffs. You know, what, you know why? They, they and then saw, the smack talking. They, yeah, because they saw they saw a bunch of punks who were who were kind of weak in the knees right now, Joe. They were they were talking a lot the past couple of years, and they finally saw weakness. You know, you size people up, Joe. You See, size. Was... You size. You size. What, what, can we really? Can we really? haymaker these guys if we want to tonight well they figured out pretty quick yeah we could punk them it's it's <laughs> they figured it out they figured it out they figured something out tonight if you're gonna play with the snake the poisonous snake which i i was commending the refs because i had i had all but was assured they were going to kick Anthony Davis out. 
with the soft ass league rules and just overall rules. And then of course they came crashing back down to where, where I hated them even more, which is that Cam Reddish flagrant foul that turned into a six point freaking turn. What, what is, what, what is the deal with these stupid calls? How does that show any common sense? Is he supposed to pirouette left when he's fought? Like, what do you want the guy to do? And and don't why are you calling it flagrant? Jeff said Jeff called it perfect. Like, get rid of the word flagrant. How is that a flagrant foul? When the guy is falling, I don't get where the logic in that is. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid because how are you going to stop a football player who's running full speed and the, and, and the guy he hits bends his face down like, oh, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a illegal hit. Well, what's he supposed to do? If he slows down, he's giving the guy enough time to take the ball to the end zone or get the catch. Like, I don't understand the logic with these people, with these people. It doesn't make sense. Make it make sense to me. But other than that little tift, this guy's played a perfect game. I mean, shoot, 62, 63% from three off with 35 the, shots. With over 22 makes, Joe, they're only, the, the, there are only two teams who have done that in the modern era, and the Orlando and they, Magic they looked, the other one. They looked like they were on fire the entire game. They just Look, looked like they were a step ahead every time. For some reason, it just it just feel you know what it feels like, Gerald. It feels that like whenever Le, what however LeBron is is looking with his shot from three, that's how the Lakers go. He was great from the start. His shot looked like it was really, really correct tonight, and didn't make them all, but they all look good coming out of his hands, Gerald. Taking that game off helped. Really helped him. Yeah, like he looked really spry, and he so, took a game off pretty much tonight too. He played so, not, not even two quarters. Yeah, so tomorrow night, if he if he's feeling really really good when he wakes up, he might have a monster game himself. Exactly what we need. Absolutely, definitely, because you, you wonder what's going to the team going to be like on a back to back. You're not expecting those same kind of offensive numbers, but if the Lakers can. I'm worried that they'll fall in love with a three three pointer because they shot so well at night. A smart, smart coach would tell them, guys, I would focus more on the transition and getting to the line and then seeing if your three works out from there. That's just me. Yeah, and uh, you know, good on the good on the Lakers defense as well. It you would have probably gotten a a zero 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 Sam Mitchell speech out of Taylor Jenkins tonight in the uh, Memphis Grizzlies locker room. Uh, Gerald, the Lakers shut down Luke Kennard, didn't allow him to uh, exploit them from the three-point line. And he got uh, hurt. And he got hurt. Uh, Lakers did a good job of containing Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain, Gerald. We talked about Cam Reddish's uh, job he did individually. And Smart and- got hurt as well. And Smart hurt himself earlier as well. So, I mean, a, a good overall team effort. Uh, is there anything you didn't like tonight, Gerald? 
Well, outside of that six, I was worried, man. When I saw that six point play, I was like, oh my God, here we go. Oh, the um, lead's down to 17. Yeah. So we <laughs> Well, John's saying it, AK Aussie is saying it. Uh, he was with you guys tonight on playback. And he said, do we run any offensive sets? Tonight we did. We were, yeah, we did. Yeah, I could say we did. I, I look, it, I mean, obviously, it, you have to in order to get that many good three point looks. So you're going to have to run some sets. Still, it's not beautiful as far as the way the ball moves or the man moves all the time. But today, it worked as far as for what Ham's helter skelter offense worked beautifully today. You got to admit. And the Lakers just, they found their touch. They found their touch today. And the one thing he talked about in the preseason was that the fact he was going to shoot more threes, his team was going to shoot more threes. So far on the season, they had not been shooting more threes and had been shooting just as bad. Today, obviously something in the right direction. I don't know if they're going to sustain it, but hopefully this will build confidence so that they'll go ahead and do so. We talked about how bad uh, what Austin Reeves and D'Angelo were for shooting from behind the arc at 30% each. Now, hopefully this will get them in tune to start going ahead and shooting a lot better, more consistently. Absolutely. Uh, you would think so. Uh, I, I would just uh, profess, you know, to, I think tomorrow is going to be have to be a completely, a slightly different game, Gerald. I wouldn't be so three happy. Uh, you know they're going to try it. You know that's gonna, the- I know they're going to try it, but early on I would still try to establish – down low that 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 paint domination early on try and get Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox in foul trouble and we just drive downhill uh you know I I, but I'm with you I at some point they're they're gonna fall in love with the three I just I just hope they're that they're not swept off their feet by it because you're playing you're playing in their hands by playing that game tonight we we had a lot of good actions and it was crisp, Gerald. That's what you noticed tonight. It was crisp. Passes were crisper. Rotations were crisper. As Joe was saying, it, they looked different. They looked spry. They looked like they were playing with a purpose and they had each other's back. They knew exactly what their what their their next man was going to do, which is a positive going into tomorrow because you you really are going to have moments in that game where you won't have time to think because the Kings like to go up and down as fast as they can. Absolutely. Good. Agree with you more, my friend on that. Absolutely. Still there. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here, Gerald. Just, well, uh, just wasn't sure where you were going with that. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely a dominating performance. This is absolutely the best performance of the year so far for the team and absolutely the best way you want to go ahead. Joe is talking about this nonstop and you got to give him credit since the preseason about how limiting LeBron's minutes is a key for him going forward. The less he plays now, the more he can play effectively later on this season. It's, it's paramount that LeBron and AD are, going into the playoffs as fresh as they can be even if they are even if the team isn't solidified itself as let's say the dominant team going to playoffs having LeBron and AD on top of their game is going to scare any team they play Denver included 
And it's just we can't be too down the standings. It, it, there has to be some kind of home court, at least in the first round, because it just it wears on you having to travel to all these places the first couple games and have to steal a game. It would be nice to have them win the first couple games at home and get into the road side of the, the series with some advantage. And, and that's just what the history of the NBA playoffs is. No matter how much parity might have snuck in, usually the team that has home court usually wins and usually they have a very good chance if they're if they got two great players, they're usually taking those first two games uh, uh, as wins. So this was this was great in that regard. If we come out tomorrow and the, the, the role players continue to play with the assertiveness that they played with tonight, I know the Kings are a better team than, than Memphis, but you know, maybe you don't win by 27, maybe you win by 10. And you're probably going to have a fresh LeBron to play in this game should you need him to play LeBron ball at the end of the game. It is in L.A. I think the Lakers tend to play a little bit better against Sacramento in L.A. I have full confidence that they'll end up winning this game. The worry, the, the game I'm actually worried about is Portland on Friday and that has a history in itself. I would love to see a sweep in Portland this year, if possible. I would like to see that. That's kind of another thing that I'd like to see. We haven't one, seen this. One of the big it. reasons why I want to see a dominant uh, paint showing tomorrow, Gerald, is the Kings are coming in hobbled. Alex Lynn is out. They're missing a lot of length and a lot of size in their front court. And I think it would behoove the Lakers to attack that. Rui had an exceptionally efficient game tonight, Gerald. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would, I would implore Coach Ham to play him about forty to forty-five minutes tomorrow night. He's perfectly capable of it. You've been sitting him on his rear hind parts for far too long, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and if today. If today's reasoning was, well, I wanted to keep Rui fresh so I wouldn't have to put LeBron back in for the last nine minutes. Okay, fair enough. But tomorrow night, when you play Kevin Herter and you play Keegan Murray and you're playing Vizenkov, you're going to need somebody like Rui Hashimura out there because he's very versatile against this team. He can really help LeBron and AD out in the front court, Gerald, tomorrow night. Yes. I agree. I agree, my friend. Absolutely. This dominating performance needs to carry over into tomorrow and for the rest of the week. Uh, if it doesn't, then I don't want to say it's all for not Magic Man, but it would really be a bummer if they just take you go two steps forward and then you go one step back tomorrow. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I think the Lakers need to make need to create some distance here. If they can if they can finish this week day schedule this week, you're looking at an eight and five record. Now you're really starting to get past that mediocrity area. And then we'll, we'll have to see how they, how they fare in the, you know, in the next week, but it, it would be nice to get, to get to Houston 
or I should say get play Houston on Sunday, be an eight at five and the energy that they used in tonight's game, use it for Houston for what they did to us before and really stop them at home. Now you're looking at the end of the week being nine and five when you were four and five when you started. That that's how you flip the switch. Imagine that four and five to nine and five in a week. That's what I would be telling Darvin Ham. I, I I'm sorry, that's what Darvin Ham should be telling his team. Uh Yes, we do look ahead on, on games. Yes, you can do that in a locker room, not in public. You don't want to give anybody any uh, whiteboard material. So do it inside the, the crib and tell everyone, guys, we have a very good chance here of ending the week strong. And even with Houston, I mean, we're talking Utah's not really playing that well either. You could be 10-5. and five. By next week, exactly next week, next Tuesday, you could be sitting at 10 and 5. Now, look at that particular setup. That's pretty interesting. Matter of fact, we uh, we were 3 and 5, weren't we? We were. We were. Absolutely. We've so, won three in a row. 3 so and if, 5. Yeah. So, 3 and 5 to 10 and 5 within exactly a week. That that's has what, to. That's what that, you call a heater. That is that is how you make the first few weeks irrelevant at that point, and that is something the Lakers, in my my in my view, should absolutely execute. Tomorrow's game is probably going to be the toughest game because Sacramento does play us well, but I'm fully expecting. I don't care how good Houston's playing; should not lose to Houston at home. Not with this kind of lineup, not with the guys starting to maybe click. I want a 10 and 5 record by next week. Nine and six, okay. But I'd rather see 10 and 5. I think you go 10 and 5, now you're really doing yourself a service in 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 in, in creating this path that 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 we so desperately want, which is take advantage of your your health at the beginning of the year so that when January and February hits and you have those lull games against inferior teams, we can come onto the show and there's, and, and just say, look, man, they just want six in a row. And then they got smoked by uh, let's say Charlotte. I always pick Charlotte because Charlotte always had a, had a number on us, no matter how good we were. Uh, that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And uh, uh, based off tonight, I think we're going to find out a lot about this team tomorrow. I believe if tomorrow they come in and they kind of run, they win double digits, let's say, let's say they win by 10 or 11, then I think we're in very, very, very good shape and in, in, in starting to get on a little streak here. And they take over the Pacific Division with a win tomorrow, just to let you know, because both uh, they and Sacramento are currently one game over 500. Uh, also, you have Golden State uh, has lost four in a row, Sean and Joe. So that's key. you got to get golden state kick them while they're down while curry is out of the lineup with the knee whatever issues having right there yeah get them out get you know just like distance yourself from them so you could go ahead and and you you know just get yourself at the lead and at the top of the pacific division and then also pretty good standings in the western conference as well Well, the the overreaction 
the overreaction before seem, seems to have inadvertently inspired the Lakers. But I'm going to stand here and still say that it wasn't an overreaction. We are simply identifying what we're watching. And we had a nice sample size of what we were watching. This wasn't the first three games. This was 10 games. This was 10% of the season. And in, 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 a, in a recent history that this was not good in, in terms of starting the season, we, we, we've said that this team needs to start out well so that they can balance things out as the season goes on. So I'm not going to say we overreacted. We, we, were, we were calling it as, as we saw it. But as you can see here in the first, what, 30 minutes on the show, um, I should say, is it 30 minutes? Am I, or, or, or am I wrong? It's a little over. Okay. Uh, we're obviously singing their praises because that's exact. That's what they showed. And we should, we should commend them. And the rants can get positive this year. The, pot, the rants can get just as good positive as they are negative because what will normally happen with those, what will ignite those rants is the inability to recognize that the Lakers are a certain way and someone just yapping because they saw box scores or they don't want to believe that this is going to be sustainable. The reason why this can be sustainable is because the role players on this team are young. We don't have a fossil in Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Reese on this team where when when you know a few years back when we thought these veterans would be key integral parts of the team. These are young players that are in their prime or getting into their prime. So this is sustainable. It's just that these guys need to do what they did tonight, at least two out of the three games per week, three out of the four games per week, depending on what what the how many games are playing. If they can do that, I can we can bank that AD and LeBron can cover that other game. Just on them. That's why you have superstars. And if you look at games, championship teams, that's usually what happens. Usually it's the role players putting in a lot of the work in the regular season, winning, helping winning games. And then you have the, the stars doing the other part when they, when, when, when the role players aren't able to do their part, because that's the, that's how it works guys. The reason why they're role players. And I usually don't like to use the word role player. I feel like it's kind of derogatory, but I use it in the sense of explaining what this guy's roles are. They're not there to be the superstar. We can't expect them to be the superstar. But we can expect them to hit open shots because that's the whole point of having AD and LeBron taking a lot of the attention is to have you guys stand where you're supposed to go, move where you're supposed to go, and hit the open shots. And today we had amazing ball movement to the point where we were getting lobs left and right. And on top of that, positioning was great tonight because I felt like AD was on every offensive rebound because he was in the right position on the putback. One of the baskets he got called uh, for an offensive interference. I, I never got a replay. I did, was that actually uh, over the rim? Like, I don't know what that is. I feel like every time that happens to us, they, they don't call it. But for us, they call it. But maybe it's because I'm, 
I'm biased. So something needs to be pointed out right now, Gerald. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed it during the game, but guys who normally don't have a problem with their footing were having serious problems with their footing. I'm telling you, that court. It's the court looks really slippery, more slippery than it normally is. I know they use a hard maple, Gerald, but something tells me they've used some kind of different composite or some kind of different formula. That court is extra slip slippery. Uh, Rui just mentioned uh, he's been uncomfortable on it. Uh, I haven't heard LeBron talk about it yet, but I'm pretty sure he will. Luca has basically told the Dallas Mavericks that they can't use that court because he's afraid he's actually going to injure himself. Uh, so the NBA really needs to take a look at this, Gerald. Do you remember? Do you remember about uh, almost 20 years ago, Gerald? The NBA decided to use a different ball. Yeah. And Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant used that ball for a game and said, "Nope, nope." Not going to happen. Not going to use this. I think this is a problem, Gerald. And by the way, the court looked the court looked awful, didn't it? Against the uniforms, it really looked rather aesthetically ugly. So funny, though, when you talk about how well they shot from behind the arc. Interesting. This time last week, Cam Reddish was shooting 15% and missing a final three, which, again, he should have or somebody else should have been there, or he should have been cutting in the basket, or, you know, need I digress on that, in Miami. But since then, he's doubled, his more than doubled, because he went over 30% tonight after his performance in shooting. Uh, but the one guy I want to talk to you about, I want to hear your thoughts on this, uh, Joe and Sean, is D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, 24 points tonight. I don't hear a peep about D'Angelo, 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 and the thing is, you're not going to hear it from me. We talked in the last game, Joe, about how well he was passing and finding guys and his 11 to 1 assisted turnover ratio. It, I mean, he seems to be thriving when it matters the most in the regular season. But when it matters the most in the postseason, that's when the flaws come out. So I don't know. It's just so hard to get a read on whether or not we want to sustain ourselves with D'Angelo Russell going forward. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that because you saw the best of D'Angelo Russell today. Look, D'Angelo's game, it can be neutralized with the right personnel. Denver had the right personnel to neutralize any guard that wasn't defensively efficient. And if their offensive game wasn't flourishing, then that person had no use. I can't get too high on D'Angelo, even though I, I I was very happy to see him play well tonight because he is a streaky shooter. My 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 thinking is, as as this pro- progression goes, this just pick our spots. Can you can you give us a couple good games a week like this, and then of course give us a couple good games in the playoffs if you're good enough to play like you did tonight a couple games in the playoffs that means you're winning at least two games in a series that's half the series so that's kind of how I'm, I'm going to be looking at D'Angelo the rest of the year I want him to play two games for every four well well as in when he's swishing those those shots whether from the from mid-range or the three the, the defense goes into panic mode because now they're like, crap, 
they have to guard this guy. And that's going to leave AD, and that's going to leave the perimeters open, and that's going to leave, obviously, LeBron spacing up the yin-yang to get to the hole. They're just screwed. And that's 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 the problem with when you play in these guys, when they're on, on. And then you got Rui. If he's going to be maneuvering the way he's been maneuvering and hitting these shots like he did in the playoffs, uh, you're, he's, a, he's got another year under his belt, another year to play with the guys. Same with D'Angelo. If they can just maybe go up one more notch, maybe they win two of those four games in that playoff series. And then that's a whole different series. So think of it that way. Then you have some young guys that can help. You have a, a Christian Wood who could be valuable in a, in a, in a, against a bigger team and play more of his the game that works for him. I think this Memphis team doesn't really work well with 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 Christian Wood. I think this because he was the only one that shot poorly, but he even he contributed with ten rebounds tonight. He did, he did, and the reason why he got ten rebounds is because Memphis is a small team, and he did well in getting rebounds and having his size work for him down in the block, down to the down by the rim. But when it came to guarding the the perimeters. That's where he kind of, you know, struggled because those guys move way too quick and uh, their release was too, too, too fast for him to, to kind of stay steady with it. So that's, you know, Darvin Ham's got a lot of ingredients on this team. He's going to have to know what he's, what pepper, what salt, what cayenne pepper, what Tabasco, whatever it is that you want to call it, that, that, that needs to be mixed into this recipe game in and game out. I, this is his first 11 players. I think this is his first 11 player game where 11 players played almost the entire team played. Uh, that, that had a lot to do with the blowout. I don't think it had anything to do with necessity, but if he's going to run an eight man team, let's say eight man team on a regular basis, you're looking at, geez, you're looking at a solid, a solid team there could be nine most of the time. And if the guys continue to buy in that there's going to be times where they're going to play lesser minutes, especially when it comes to Christian Wood and Cam Reddish, those two players in particular, I, I, I was gauging to see what their reaction would be to playing a little here and then playing a lot and back and forth because obviously they've got money that they want to get at the end of the year. Cam Reddish, if anything, is playing for his NBA career. If he plays like this, or even 75% of what he's doing right now, to finish the season, regardless if the Lakers win it or not, he's likely going to have a career at that point, and he's probably going to want to stay here. Because I always say, when you play with LeBron or a LeBron team, your game always goes up because the guy is unselfish and will try to make you succeed. That's his mentality. It's just different. He won't allow you to not contribute if you actually can contribute. The ones who don't make it are just not good enough to play, uh, whether it's LeBron or not. Um, but uh, uh, just exactly what, what, I, what we wanted to see. It took us 11 games to see it. But I'm glad we saw it. 
And if they continue to play well here tomorrow on Friday and Sunday, and of, of course next Tuesday against inferior teams in my book, you went out on those games, you're 10 and five a week from today. And now you are really, really, really fulfilling the potential that you had to start the season. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Great victory, my friend, uh, the Lakers. One thing before we go, I want to ask. Yeah, I gotta actually, that. I wanted to ask you something, Beardshare, but you sure. go right ahead. Sir. Austin Reeves, since he's made the change to coming off the bench, you know, we 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 get on Darvin Ham a lot here. And we will probably continue to get on pockets uh, a lot, especially when he tries to go ahead and, you know, a potential fight is happening and he's still got his hands in his pockets. Please get those hands up when you go into the battle there, but the thing he, he has done, he made the call to put Austin Reeves, have him on the bench, have him coming off the bench, the Mono Ginobili stuff, blah, 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 and all that. But my gosh, since he's gone off the bench, he's come off the bench. He's played really well, Sean, 16, 12 and seven today. Really, really sound, my friend, really sound. Yeah, absolutely. Gerald, he's uh, the past three games, he's really also turned around his uh, three point uh, game, which was in uh, halfway to China before uh, the Phoenix game. And now it's sort of back to earth. Um, Great, great job. I think that duo needed a refresher, Gerald. It just it, you needed to try something new. He recognized it. Good for him. Separated them. Uh, yeah, Reeves looks really comfortable off the bench, Gerald. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's uh, going to be the the type to be a lead a bench mob. Um, but he could definitely him and Rui uh, could definitely contribute a lot off the bench. And there seems to be very good chemistry. Uh, and they're staggering the minutes between D'Lo and Austin as well, Gerald. Either uh, interchanging one of Prince or cam reddish and um it seems to be working so far so i'd I'd stick with it i really would uh that being said gerald there was an interesting development that happened in another nba game tonight and um it occurred in northern california (sighs) what can only be described as a non-basketball play gerald what's the shock there uh, Draymond Green uh, decided to put Rudy Gobert in uh, an MMA headlock and scuffle proceeded, Gerald. Three players were ejected. Green was ejected. Jane McDaniels was ejected. Clay Thompson was ejected. Gerald, how many games do you see Draymond Green being suspended for? Same old, same old. This surprises no one that he does these things. Uh, he just, his temper is going to cost them. And this is a team that's already down one superstar player. And then you have a guy that's supposed to be anchoring your defense. I say he's out five games. 
that's person. But you know what? They'll, they'll probably talk it. Like Joe talks about, you know what, Joe, for all the stuff he says, he is right. The league gets soft. The league is softer, much softer, like tissue at times. And, you know, something that Joe would probably say if it happened to a Laker, you know, going to be like 5, 10, 15 games, it's probably going to be two or three at the most. You know, because this league does not like to give out punishment unless absolutely necessary. John ja Morant continually defied the NBA in order to get and deserve that 25-game suspension. He defied the NBA twice in order to do that. Now it's just like, you know what, with, with Draymond Green, repeated offenses don't seem like anything to him. It just seems like, you know what, it's just par for the course for him. He can punch out his fellow teammates. He can go ahead and kick LeBron in the balls. He can go ahead and say whatever he seems to want to say, and he'll only be just given slap on the wrist. I bet you because they realize how long Steph Curry might be out of the, the, the lineup, They'll probably just go light on him. I bet you they'll go easy on him. Uh, Am I wrong, Joe? I mean, uh, I'm just no, using no, your, no, not at all. The, I'm using your sensibility, which never, I think is correct. You're never, yeah, you're never wrong when it comes to Draymond Green being suspended because 99.9% of the time, if not 100%, he is a buffoon, a uh, uh, studio gangster, someone who should have been punched in the throat, in the face, and in the nose way before uh, because I think he's obnoxious and he, and I, I'm going to reiterate this loud and clear. Uh, and, and I mean, to, to the end of time, he cost the warriors a championship in 2016 because of his nut kicking. There was so many people angry about him being suspended. I felt like I was a, a man on an, on an Island going, have you guys, do you guys, you guys don't watch the NBA. You don't watch crap. This guy's been doing this nonstop. How many chances are you going to give him? Joe, it's a playoff game. I don't care if it's a playoff game. He's not stopping. At what point does a child like him stop? There's two ways. Either you really suspend him for 15 games, no pay, something like that, instead of these rinky-dink one and two and three and fours. You really suspend him. Or you turn your head and you let someone karate chop him right in the chin. Something to wake him up. And maybe it won't wake him up. Maybe he needs to get hit twice. There's a there's an old adage, at least from when when I grew up, you know, in, in, in my little dairy town, it wasn't, it, you know, ratings of crime and all that. A lot of times they're weird. I, I don't believe them. But I lived in a small town and there was a lot of hidden violence, wasn't overt. And it made sense when I got older because there were, when I was growing up, if a kid had a problem with you, the guy literally walked to your house, knocked on the door. Mom answered, hi, is Timmy here? Yes, I'll go get him. She'll go get Timmy, and the guy would punch him right there in his face. Right in his own house, after he just said hi to his mom. Now, that that's two things. Boredom. Boredom. That's probably the only excitement in a dairy town. The other is 
Some people need to get punched in their own house. How are you going to learn your lesson? Now the parents are going to know. The kid just got dropped in their own walkway. It's it's tiring with this guy. I'm tired of talking about this guy. He is a buffoon, and he's a talentless buffoon now who just got an extension for whatever reason. Golden State Warriors, you have no one else to blame but yourselves for this. It's a lot of it's a lot of. We don't win a championship without Draymond Green. You didn't win Jack Squat in 2022 because of Draymond Green. Draymond Green almost cost you the championship in 2022. So don't insult my intelligence. I know you're trying to support your boy, but it's better to not talk in lies. I always say you want to support your friends, family. Fine. Do it behind closed doors. Don't lie to me in my face. Okay. Don't tell me that this guy, we wouldn't do any of this. Like that's the thing with Steve Kerr that makes me want to choke him sometimes. He's so full of it. He's so full of just, it's, it's not mother effing true. It's not true. The guy was scoring two points, two rebounds and two assists in a game. How the hell? And he's not, he wasn't, he was getting destroyed on defense. Steph Curry went God mode during that run. Okay, and that pool guy that you hated had he was the best second best player on your team. And you let Draymond screw that guy up. Well, I was pool doing this and pool doing that. How come every time we go anywhere, Draymond, how come we haven't heard anything in Washington with pool? We're still hearing stuff with Draymond. I'm not making this stuff up. I haven't heard Jack squat out of Washington. So whose fault was it? Steve Kerr, look in the mirror. Stop looking at your own face for once and telling yourself lies and then spewing it out and just get 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 to the truth. Please spare me the BS. With that, to go back to the subject of Austin Reeves, Gerald, I'm sure you remember this. We discussed this, I think, a year ago. I still believe it, that Austin Reeves is the quintessential six-man-of-the-year award guy in terms of his talent. I believe he could be Detlef Schrempf of this era. For those of you who don't know who Detlef Schrempf is, Detlef Schrempf is arguably the greatest six-man in NBA history. I know Lou Williams won three of those. He's got an argument, but Detlef Schrempf has probably more of a similar game of, of – of, uh, of Austin Reeves than, than, than Lou Williams. So, Plus he was 6'8 and could defend. Uh, I didn't talk about the defense, but that's that's true too, That which is what made, in my opinion, made him the best six man. So with that, I believe if, if, if my early assumptions are true and Reeves is the first man off the bench, I actually think that might be a better setup for the Lakers in the, in the long run at least until you get a guard that can guard. <laughs> I, I just don't think putting Reeves and, and D'Angelo Russell in the same backcourt is going to help. So if we get lucky, I keep hearing these rumors about Caruso and Chicago and Chicago blowing things up. Uh, I don't know if it's I'm cynical about this or, or just kind of not thinking of it being realistic. I still can't figure out why, why the, Bulls would blow things up. I haven't. I haven't gotten it. And if they did, Joe, it's going to the highest bidder. The Lakers don't have enough assets. There's going to be a championship team out there, or a championship contender that's going to probably be able to give Chicago more 
assets than us. Yeah, Gabe Vincent Allen, as much as AU, Darren, everybody else that has asked for that kind of trade, Gabe Vincent for career. Yes, Marcus. Not- y- yes, Marcus, I would. I actually would like that trade. The problem, and the reason why that trade is realistic uh, is because they wouldn't require as much in terms of. Although if they do the the first round picks, Joe, they would have to throw in two first rounders. I, I don't I don't think I think one would likely do it because they would try. I think they would. Go ahead, Joe. We're on. I think I think they would do it because they would want to relieve themselves of that contract. That's what's there. the the The, the Lakers have enough that Chicago would have to take. You might be right, Gerald. If if the Lakers are able to unload, let's say, D'Angelo and a couple guys that can make the contract work, like Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo, um, who else who has who else would have a I'm trying to think here? Rui Rui would be the one that they would want, especially because he's playing well. If they're doing that. Rui I'm, t- I'm telling everybody, I don't want every- I don't want to give up people those undue expectations. Yeah, of course, yeah. you would love to go ahead and trade Gabe right now because he's injured and he's got a decent contract, three years, 30 there's, there's a chance, though, Gerald. There's a chance, and I'll tell you why. You got to throw in those first if you're just going to do Gabe. Okay, okay. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk because you're 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 talking about a team that needs to get that contract off the books. And Levine is what they would tell you that they would want off the books first, right? Because, but you know, that's and that's the point. The point is they need that off the books. And Mr. 50 points one day, 10 the next. Let me let me see what let me see this. That's been his season so far with Levine. So he's got he's got a contract essentially through 27. No, I I didn't say we'd, we'd get him, Z. I just I apologize. Well, so I'm I trying to see if it makes sense money-wise. Okay, so he's got three more years left on his contract. The last last year of his contract has him uh, as a player option, so you know he's going to take that unless, of course, he declines and gets an extension. But let's What's just say forty-seven million. I think it's forty, almost forty-nine million dollars, right? So the Lakers have to trade essentially forty million dollars. For forty million dollars, right? How, the, the draft picks obviously play a number in there as well. So if they were to trade D'Angelo, Gabe Vincent, let's look at that for a second. Um, you're looking at contracts of uh, eleven and what seventeen? And seventeen. So that's twenty-eight. They probably have to throw in Vanderbilt in there with with two draft picks. Plus cash. They would ask for Rui. I'm telling you now. If I was Chicago, I would ask for Rui. And I'm just saying that not but because why would, I want why Rui would you to add, If you're blowing it up, why would you want to add, you know, then now you're you're paying Rui that money. You're paying the Rui the one less year, but you're paying one Rui one less year than Vanderbilt. And Rui is a better player, as we're seeing right now, than Vanderbilt. And, and you know what? He's young enough that you can actually, you can bridge him. Uh, in a rebuild, or like Gerald saying, you can trade him to somebody else afterwards. Marcus, just make sure does that does that meet when you're talking about right now? Rui, Cam, Prince, and first round pick for Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, and Kobe White. Uh, I, first of all, I'm not saying no to that, but 
is that meeting as far as the salary cap is concerned? Does that the, do the match salaries match? Because after that, you got to remember if you bring in Zach Levine, you also the fact a he doesn't play defense, or if he doesn't try on defense, he might try on defense on a championship level team. That was remains to be season, seen. But the second thing does does that put most teams in the second apron? Sean and Joe. Well, that's that's yes, probably it why would. they won't. It yeah, would. that's probably it why would. they won't do it. It would. That's it probably would. why they won't do it. I, I it was would. getting to that. Yeah, I was getting it to would. that. I don't think I don't think they're going to do it for money purposes. So your but. movability come next summer goes kaput. You got to make. You got to put everything out on the table. If you trade for something like that, you've got to finish off everything as far as movements in by February. You have to win a championship February. if you make yeah. that move. Otherwise, yeah. you're toast. If yeah. the Lakers don't win a championship, they are toast. And, and you know what? Think... The, and the picks they give Joe are going to be damn good because LeBron and AD might both be gone by then. That's another mystery. That yeah, that's know. what 20 you're giving about a 29 or a 30, Sean. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. yeah, 29. Be, yeah. 29, Gerald. Yeah, yeah. They're both gone by then. So uh-huh. I say I I I'm 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 just I want to see how that develops. I'm just not I'm not I'm not understanding why the Bulls would blow it up. Well, they're terrible right now, Joe. They're yeah. absolutely terrible right I, now. I don't I don't know why. I I actually would rather you can't you can't you can't be mid forever. Purgatory. I, exactly. Like they they've decided they decided to go this mid route when they made the Vooch trade. That trade was over five years ago, Gerald. Eventually, what is Caruso worth, guys? What is somebody we have that would be worth for them to get? You're telling They're... me sending two first round picks for Caruso? There's no freaking way the Lakers are making that trade. Well, that's because no that's way. what the bidding. If he goes on the block, that's what's gonna. That's what the price is gonna be because it's not just the Lakers bidding against themselves. He's a player because of his his perimeter defense, Joe. That could win. Well, we saw it. Did win you a championship? I don't. And I don't see it. I, mean, I don't, I'm, I don't think well, anybody's given two. Two. One is well. Yes. Well, you know, there's <laughs> Maury's. Maury's got picks. Maury's got money to throw around. He can offer the Bulls a very sweet deal. And can you imagine Alex Caruso on the Philadelphia 76ers? So, so you're saying yes. Darren was? Well, if you take a look at Darren's one there, and I appreciate Darren. Uh, yeah, and then tell thank you 40, 43, 46, and 49. Instantly, the Lakers would go into the second tax apron if we get Zach Levine. Let's just put that out there, most likely. Why not? Uh, Darren says, Why not take Caruso and Lonzo's dead contract for Vincent, Max, and Prince? There's a real possibility, Sean. Isn't something you know, with the with the career possible career ending injury to Lonzo, that there could be a write off in store for the Bulls at some point? They already get a, they already get a partial for this season. Because he's a, he's goner for the season, but if it's deemed it's a career ender, there's a possibility that uh, insurance, due to insurance and other things, factors in. He could, the the Bulls could get a write off on that contract. If I be, if I'll have to double check here, but I believe if he retires, if it's an entry retirement, then I I think they don't have to eat uh, a lot of that dead money. I I think you're right about that. I think they're. I'm not sure what the percentage is. I don't think they get a full walk off. No, they... it's not full, but they did. Gerald's right. They do get a nice partial 
kind of big segment that they don't have to pay out. Yeah. So that, I mean, and it, it, that's what we would eat. That's what we would have though. But until that point in time, it would clog up our salary cap if we had to take in Lonzo just to get Caruso back. That's I think that would be a better, I think that would be a better risk than giving away two first round picks because you only have to deal with Lonzo next year and he's done. You get Caruso and it's likely that if they make that trade, you're not having to give up a lot because what's likely going to happen is you send D'Angelo over there and then expiring contracts, they're off $30 million for next season. $30 million is off the books if they trade Lonzo and Caruso and you get the and the Bulls get D'Angelo, Prince, whoever that's on a one-year contract that can make the contracts work. Maybe you might throw in a first-round pick. I don't know even if you need that. It might just be a money move. If the Lakers can make that kind of money move, you get Caruso in a lot of ways for free. Now you have a perimeter guard where you can maybe play Austin now as a small forward in certain spots. That's that's a huge difference. Huge difference. It's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting, man. I actually, I am really actually now as things are starting to develop, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe the trade deadline might get a little. Look what we started. We're like Laker Tom out here. Now people are just like, it's like Loki. I'm watching Loki all over because they're seeing all these, these branches, branches. Now it's like, let's add Christian Wood for Nikola Vucevic in that trade. Let's just go ahead and do some of the, cause you know, his contract no, the, the is. The Caruso thing, the Caruso thing do is. Do you remember gnawing. Wood is like minimum Christian, uh, Nikola Vucevic one, is like over 20 million. It's the one thing. It's the one thing that I cannot, I can't blame any Laker fan for feeling. We are really reeling from not having him on this team. He is, he was such a, Trevor Ariza type player for this team. He was the Trevor Ariza of the championship team. He just glued everything. And a lot of it for me is same with Austin Reeves is you found these guys from the scrap heap and turned them into NBA players one is a first team all defensive, not even drafted. Reeves is a guy that if when he's on can be, we were talking all-star possibly. It's 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 a pride thing too. The pride of developing two amazing players when no one gave them any value. I mean, look at forget about the draft picks. Look what's going on with Cam Reddish and Christian Wood. They're balling like guys that are kind of like, you know, the Charles Oakley types, the 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 the, the, the strong role guys that are going to do anything for the team and, and be in the right spots when they need when they're needed. It's that's what this team needs when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We can't deal with a Russell Westbrook type. It's what derailed our LeBron and AD's run. In a lot of ways. It's so funny because our entire conversation, Joe, <laughs> has gotten Z so mad. She's screaming out there in the chat. We can't even do any of that. We're hard cap. We're hard cap. And it's funny because we're just playing along with it. I mean, Z, right now, first of all, A, all, everyone has to be eligible. 
for this trade to happen, which again, it's not uh, not everyone is eligible for this trade to happen until December or January. Second of all, the salaries have to match. And in some cases, for instance, like Vucevic for Wood, Wood is a minimum salary player. Vucevic is well over 20 million. So you're not going to be able to match salaries. It would be like 17 players to like four for the Lakers to Chicago to match up with all the variances that were thrown out there. So we're just right now, people are just asking about what some of these Chicago players can do for us. But you got to remember, again, if Chicago decides to blow it up, they're four and seven, Joe and Sean. And Intel Wilds is talking about Levine. How does a professional player only play offense in the NBA? Take some pride, damn it. And I agree. Defensively, he needs, with the kind of athleticism he has, he needs to do a lot better and appreciate the super chat, Intel Wild. But yeah, Joe and Sean, Sean, back to you, my friend. It just, again, if they were to go ahead and blow up Chicago, and right now they're four and seven, you know the Lakers are not going to be the only team bidding on some of their players. No. No, Gerald, they're not. Uh, we've recently seen a report. I know that... Laker Tom forgets that fact when he does his yeah. trades. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's already been reported that half the teams in the NBA are already sniffing around the Chicago Bulls about Alex Caruso. So it's not just the Lakers competing against themselves, Gerald. It's the Lakers. Oh, oh, wait, it's Laker Tom, Sean. It's Laker Tom. Uh, DeMar DeRozan for Jalen Hood Shafino? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everything works. The money works everything on that. Go ahead, John. I didn't interrupt. My yeah, apologies. No, 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 that's funny, Joe. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just, just, it's a lark. It's a lark for us at this point. That's, that's the whole point of it. And by the way, we, it's, it's getting a little irritating now that all of a sudden, Alex Caruso, and fair to him, it's 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 not uh, it's not slight against him. It's the bell of the ball all of a sudden, Gerald. He was the bell of the ball when he played for the Lakers. It's just because he played for the Lakers, there was automatic cynicism. I think is the best word to describe it, Gerald. There's been cynicism with Austin Reeves now, and I'm starting to see a pattern gerald it's it's almost as if teams are jealous of what the lakers develop because they want what they seemingly couldn't have and then all of a sudden the lakers decided that caruso wasn't worth the salary that he was asking for and ultimately i think if you tried to trade for him i think I agree with Gerald. You'd, you'd, it would be to no avail because teams can offer much more at a much better rate. Okay, so and, he could throw you five first-round picks and not bat an eye. Literally. Why do you think they could make the gamble with the Clippers on the, the first-round pick, Sean, when it comes to that? So, yeah. Abs- absolutely, Gerald. And quite honestly, if they take the next level, Gerald, that who knows that could be the missing picant in their uh, in their core to uh, finally stir the drink defensively. Because, oh my goodness, Gerald, she gives us Alexander and Alex Caruso in a backcourt with possibly Kassan Wallace. Whew, that's a spicy meatball. You got Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren. That's a uh... 
that that's a that's a really good team. That's a that's really good a, team they could throw out there. That, uh, I'd make an argument, Gerald. That's a be- that that would be the best starting five in the NBA, without that hesitation. So <laughs> they're gonna be in on him. You know, Philly's gonna be in on him. Oh God, I dread this, but you know, I, some somebody else is going to try and dumps. There's gonna be a team, a contender, that's gonna try and dump try and dump literally dump a bad contract so they could try and acquire him that that's what i think is going to happen one or two one or two teams are going to make like peripheral moves to try and get some salary cap to uh try and bid on him because already half the teams are ready ready to bid on him and as we were talking before 20 teams now make the playoffs Gerald, technically speaking with the plan. So you may have up to 20 to 25 teams bidding for Alex Caruso. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Darren has a good question. Who is the best starting five? I'm going to say until they get beat in the finals, the Nuggets. I really think the Nuggets, you know, it's got to be, you got to give them the respect that they deserve for winning. Joe, uh, do you think it's the Celtics or someone else that has a better starting five? It's Denver. When Jam- when Jamal is there, they're the best five. Okay. I mean, I mean, you could, you could, you could argue the Celtics, but Denver has just, they're, 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 it's something about the traditional five, the center, power forward the small forward the shooting guard and the point guard it just and then you're that good you're it just always looks right jamal jamal uh brown and 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 uh tatum tatum geez jalen brown been a long day jalen brown and uh and tatum are, are 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 they're not really i don't consider them they're, they're shooting guards playing back and forth as the best. PCP cemented their starting five as the best starting five. He's the best of both worlds between Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on the wing, Gerald. Um, KCP's quick enough to uh, check guards. He's also long enough to guard athletic wings. He makes He creates a balance with them. Uh, he's great off the ball. That was the move that they made that pretty much sent them into the next stratosphere. And then, of course, obviously, uh, Bruce Brown helped out. But, I mean, it. we all know that the KCP move was uh, the one that, uh, yeah, I almost, almost said poo, uh, which is a funny word for a childish man. Intel, I wanted to tell you, OKC, remember, they have 15 first-round draft picks uh, through the rest of the decade. 15. 
So they can play with, they could package them, bundle them. They can play with them any which way they want to. And that's not counting any of the second rounders that they have. Cause they, it's funny because when you go to Fanspo and you just ready to go ahead on that site, you see 35 rows for the rest of this decade. So I think between combined both, uh, I think they have close to 30, if not 35 picks total for the rest of this decade. So yeah, they can, they can pretty much dictate when they're ready to go, Sean they can throw a lot of picks, a lot of people, if they want to get themselves into that champ, if they feel like they're close, they can, they can throw a lot of picks, a lot of people to go ahead and get the players they need to get them over the hump. So I could probably see them like in 26, 27, 28, that, that time frame, Sean, I could see OKC. Yeah. Stepping up at that point in time. Yeah. I, I see them at that level. At, at right around that if they're not that'll be a severe disappointment with all the assets that they have i i mean absolutely gerald and, consi- and considering the fact that tonight was again an in-season tournament night and you were advertising it up the yin yang all weekend about chet versus wemby that was a big dud tonight gerald yeah it was absolutely uh, before we head on out, though, Magic, I want to bring up something real quick uh, that uh, I saw from Marcus. Okay, after the big conversation with the Chicago uh, deals or deal or whatever we were trying to do with Chicago, he said, this is what the Lakers should do. Gerald Ox and Magic Man. Lakers keep their guys and wait to see how it goes when, they, when they're fully healthy or till the trade deadline. Your thoughts on that, Joe? Because... I mean, we're almost fully healthy now. What we're missing, Vando, Gabe Vincent. How much mm-hmm. on the fringes does that? I know Empire Empire Jeff said, you know that, you know we don't have to necessarily wait till December fifteenth or January for all these you know players to come off you know books and be ready you know to be tradable. We can't trade fringe players like JHS or uh, you know some other players on the fringes like Max Christie. That you know I don't know how much that helps you. But yeah, we could make a minor deal like that. But I don't know. Do you want to see them wait it out to see how it looks? Or I just don't think this team is a whole lot better than what we saw tonight. Even if you bring in Vando and Vince, I did, I go ahead, Joe. Yeah, you kind of it's kind of a catch twenty two in a way. If you want there to be value, let's say for D'Angelo Russell, he's got to play well. But then you're caught in this. Well, if he's playing well, why would we want to trade him? Exactly. The Lakers are going to have to make a decision when they have to, which is the deadline. I don't think there's anything that's going to happen December 15th. Nothing. Unless they completely bomb, which the only way that likely happens in terms of bomb, as in they're sitting at, what, uh, 10 and 19, something like that. I don't know what they would do. What would they trade? It would depend on who would work with them. But the Oklahoma City Thunder and their draft picks, the desperate Philadelphia 76ers to win a championship are going to send out, now that they have assets from the Clippers, they could very easily send out assets that would make Chicago more happy and assets that are going to eclipse anything the Lakers can send out to make sure that they reinforce for the for the for the stretch run, especially in the East, still not comfortable with the East, even with the Celtics playing as well as they are. 
I don't, I'm not going to believe that until, until the end of the season because Celtics seem to always kind of run out of gas towards the end. But, man, if they have Maxi, Caruso, Embiid, and they have Nick Nurse, who's, you know, skipping that team, don't, don't forget that, guys. Everyone's sitting there like, well, the 76ers are better without James Harden and, and uh, everyone else sucks. Clippers haven't won a game yet. No, well, that played a little bit of a part. Again, guys, these guys almost beat the Celtics. You know, they just they went Doc Rivers, unfortunately. It happens all the time, uh, it seems, or at least the last decade. But don't forget that Nick Nurse is the coach now. Nick Nurse knows how to coach. I still can't figure out why Toronto got rid of him. I, I really don't. I mean, that boggles my mind. He, he he is one of probably four or five coaches that I would say is just next level. There's, there's not a lot. 30 teams, it's just only four or five. Because the situation hasn't gotten any better for Toronto. They're still a 500 team. And that, that was – look, Masai – I am not a fan of Masai. I, I, I don't like his personality. I never have, number one. And I thought he got way too much credit for that championship. I mean, they were talking about this guy like he was Jerry West. Guys, what is it, Sean? The sun shines on a dog's ass. What, what's the what's the quote? You, you're good at you're good at remembering that one. Yeah, uh, sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while. Once in a while. Okay, so that's Masai, and since then, he's done nothing but what you see in Toronto. And I, I know it's hard to get free agents there. I know it's all, but that's not the point. The point is his ego and his just his, I did this attitude when it wasn't really him. It was Popovich sending Kawhi to at that point, North America, Siberia. Really it's been, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's in terms of climate. Obviously, Siberia in the NBA is probably more like Minnesota, New Orleans, Charlotte. But sorry, you thought, Sean. You 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 sent you sent this guy who hates cold weather to the coldest place you can send. And Masai's sitting around like he's Daryl Morey when he got James Harden in his prime, that kind of stuff. Like, dude, come on. You know, if 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 if, if Durant played two more games, he wouldn't have won. Matter of fact, he probably would have still lost if Clay hadn't blown out his knee. So you're looking at Nick Nurse and the Philadelphia 76ers trying to make sure that Joel Embiid is happy. Maxie's flourishing. You get Alex Caruso, and now you're bettering your chance of getting to the finals. Much more with that. And maybe you guys don't just get Caruso. Maybe they get a package. Maybe they get DeRozan in that package for something. Who knows? Maybe they do a three-way deal. I don't know. But it's going to be difficult. And Z's going crazy because I know she's talking about the whole hard cap. And she's right. I don't think Levine – no, Levine is not possible. Uh, you have to put too many players together. In yeah, order Levine to is not that. possible for what I would like to send out for him. It would, it would take a miracle to make that deal work. And it's just not – the Lakers are not uh, Balmer. They're not. The league is already set up everything to 
to cap you from overspending on top of that. So the Lakers have a small chance of getting Caruso, but it's going to have to be something where Rob Palenka is buddies with the Reinsdorf crew. And he goes, what if I did this for you over there, buddy? That's the only way that happens. And that happens, guys. That happens. Why the hell did this guy go over here? Oh, my God. They could have got a better deal. I go, you stupid. This is a a buddy deal for next time. So, And, and Reinsdorf works like that, by the way, guys. He's one of those loyalty types. He will do things like that. That's what made him a billionaire. So just so you, just so you know, I know a little bit about Reinsdorf. Studied Ed, his, his business. Eduardo's right. The 76ers have to get the one seed. Uh, and I will say the, the game that I'm most excited for in the regular season, Sean, is when the Lakers pay, play the Pacers. Absolutely looking forward to that one because they are a fun bunch right now. Tyrese Halliburton is killing it. What did you – you sent me the DM earlier. What did you say his numbers were tonight? Yeah, Gerald, uh, 33 points, 15 assists, zero turnovers. Good God, um, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I believe over the past two games, Gerald, he's got over 31 assists and zero turnovers. So <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, I have off subject question. Is Cade Cunningham a bust? Good point. That's a good question. I'd give him another year. That I'd give him another guy, year. He's walking, he's walking down the black forest. Does yes. that guy become relevant in the right situation? Yes, he I would. Think he does. I think he yeah. does. But he's pay walking t- down t- that black forest of, yeah. of bust. Yeah, pay attention to that one in the next 12 months. That's a good one. That That's actually, you know, Joe, I got to give you credit for that. That's that's something to point out because De- Detroit's like a dumpster fire. That's like a Frankenstein's monster right there for you. It's like, okay, we're going to get half the team centers and half the team <laughs> shooting guards that we want to shoehorn in there as point guards. Oh, yeah, we'll throw a couple small forwards in there. But yeah, that's it. It that the GM there has just done a terrible job, absolutely terrible job, and and it shows. I don't know how these guys get their jobs, honestly. I, I, I would, I would it's like, like most to, business. It's not what you know; it's who you know. It's, it's. I, I'm sorry. I, and I to stay know. in the job, then it becomes. I don't know job. half these GMs, and I watch these games. I, I'm, I'm. If I don't know who you are, how good are you? Like, who's hiring these guys? Yep. I can't see. Think. They're not. They're not pure point guards in piss in the, for the Pistons. They're not pure point no. guards. No. No. That no. They yeah. They the the really the only one they have is Monte Morris. That's it. Jay yeah. Nivey isn't isn't a pure point guard. Cunningham. Thompson isn't a pure point guard. No. It's it's a lot of. It's a lot of flotsam and a whole lot of Jetsam. They may say Detroit, they may say PG Detroit. next a to lot their of Jetsam. They may say PG next to their name on the on the box score, but yeah, they're not. It, it you if you have PG beside your name in Detroit on that roster, and you're not Monte Morris, it should be NPG, non point guard. And it's funny because Killian Hayes is now the talk of. You oh know, like, God! Is he going to be a bust? Still, is he going to be a bust? Because he's been starting and playing, and he's still been playing lousy. And and I know uh, uh, John just put it up in in on Facebook, and it's so funny because it's the way that 
that he is still, no matter how hard you try, it still looks like he's going to be a bust. Same thing with Wiseman. Although, my gosh, Z, you got to admit, if he were to be waived tomorrow, how many people in this chat will say, we should pick up Wiseman? We should pick up Wiseman. Try to do the same thing we did with him with, with Hayes. You know it. You know it, Shot. You know it. With Reddish, the same reclamation product with Reddish will be with, with Wiseman. You know it. So I'm yes. not even going to say anything on this time. Yes, around. and we, we have enough right now. We have enough. We don't need any more, at least for, for this year. First of all, Christian Wood showed that he had NBA game. He's averaged 17 and 11 in a year. Yes. Whereas Weissman has averaged negative 17 and a negative 11. Uh, he's one of the worst busts of the last decade, not just a bust. Uh, it's pretty bad, actually. That set, that draft. He's probably would, number two after Anthony Bennett. That, I would I would say that's a pretty good assessment. He's bad. He's pretty bad. The, 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 the Golden State Warriors were supposed to have that draft take him to the next dynasty or at least get him get him like re- no, recover no, from that you're right. one dud year you're right Joe. you're right Joe. it was it was part of a secondary cycle of championship development and they blew it i don't know if necessarily they, it was their fault though that draft was horrid who was who were they going to get down the line i think we went through the draft uh, of that season uh, was it 2020? 19, I think. I think it was 19. 2019. Let's it was nine. It was 19. Yeah, because Ant was the first round pick in 2020. Oh, uh, I don't think it was 19 because they weren't. Or was it 20? You might no, be it right. 20. It was 20. It was 20. It was 20. They had to suck. They had to suck a 19 Ant, to do Ant it. It was number one. Wiseman went number two. Yep. Yeah. So looking at that draft. uh we had Anthony Edwards, obviously, num- you know, number one. Uh, they would have, they probably should have just went with Lamelo. That that would have been there. That, see, remember there was a lot of talk, but they did want. Oh, Steph Curry's there. We can't have him. We can't have Lamelo Ball there. He'll just, you know, he'll, it'll just be a bad mix. Well, you see so another happened. lesson, another lesson, and why we were upset during the draft, regardless of how it plays out. We know that Cam Whitmore has a been playing right so we might we we might have overstated that not really you always draft best player available Tyrese Halliburton the 1984 draft should always be on your mind when that happens and this was this is the problem with a lot of these NBA GMs they don't get it and I think Bob Myers leaving had a lot to do with that draft that a lot of people don't talk about I don't think Bob Myers wanted to draft Wiseman. That's my theory. And it, and it kept getting worse and worse. Just for what you said, Gerald, we don't want to draft LaMelo because we have Steph and we have Clay. What would have happened if instead of Clay needing to be the guy when he's not anymore at his position, imagine having LaMelo Ball. If we if they have LaMelo Ball in, 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 in replaced if LaMelo Ball in the playoff last year was replaced. Or Halliburton. Replaced. Was Halliburton in that draft? Yep. he was. Remember, he dropped. Okay. 12th. 
Okay, but but that that's deep enough to where that's always the like. How do you know of a player that like it's like Donovan Mitchell? Well, you should have drafted Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Well, those guys kind of fell. You he was really projected know. higher in the draft leading up to it, but he totally did. It. That yeah, day. that obviously would have helped. Obviously, that would have helped tremendously. But he, he's too deep. He's too low in that draft to really go that route. They should have drafted the second best player in that draft, which was Lamelo Ball. You draft LaMelo Ball. You have LaMelo Ball now instead of Klay Thompson. They probably beat the Lakers in the playoffs. And that right there should prove to you. It should be something that every GM understands. They don't get it. If you really want to understand, if you really, really want to understand it, forget about the 84 one. Okay, It was maybe back then people weren't smart enough. The NBA was still kind of getting out of its shell from – being a tape delay league to a, a primetime league. 2004. What do the Pistons do after they just won a championship? All they had to do was draft Carmelo Anthony, and they would have won two, maybe three more, three championships in that run. Imagine him. Imagine Carmelo being on that 05 team. They beat the Spurs. They, they, I've heard some rumblings were like, oh, he would have disrupted chemistry and all that. How do you disrupt chemistry when you come in to an already made championship team and he's a rookie? You don't think he would have fell in line? Why did he win a national championship in one year at Syracuse? Why was he so great playing with all these great players in the Olympics, being probably the number one player ever in, the, in, in international ball? So people just pull things out of their rear end just to justify a, a screw up, right? Don't ever not draft the best player in a sport that only works when there's the best player. There's only five guys that play. Learn your lesson. And I, I, I find it hard to believe that Bob Myers would have picked Wiseman. I believe that that, that was somebody else that told him to pick that guy. They don't want Lamelo. They don't want the and, – and, and this is just uh, more – more knowledge to throw out there to make things make sense for everyone because the results is all that matters. And when we talk about performances and the game, positive or negative, guys, it, the, the, the information is right there in your face. I, we are in the results business. I am in my life in the results business. You can sit there and tap dance all you want. You could do a pirouette. You could jump off a building. It doesn't freaking matter. What did it produce in the end? As, as fair or unfair, well, there's COVID and there's this and there's that. It, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, guys. Real world is is mean. Results are all that matter. So, yeah, it's a it's it, it, it's great discussion, though. I, I would say it's probably some of the most uh, fun discussions I can have, especially when it's around people who know that world and, and have a memory to it. And people who are listening to the show will learn something and they'll be able to remember that. And it becomes, it gives us more relevance and more credibility when we do talk. We're not going to be right 100% of the time, but we're pretty close. I will say this though. I miss the days when you were back in your office and you'd have your whiteboard back there. I'm in the results business. And you would, whenever you would go ahead and refer to that guys, I'm in the results business. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that, but that's cool. Yeah, you did. You had it on your whiteboard. Mm -hmm. You yeah. did. 
That's a good one. That's a good one, Eric, because that even to this day, uh, is it safe to say that Jason Tatum was a better basketball player than Lonzo Ball? Yes. What happened? The, 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 The GMs bought into the hype. The GM bought into the hype. As great as Magic was as a player, he, he, we've talked about this with analysts on ESPN or t, you know a lot any of these sports shows. You you would think former players would have knowledge of what, dude. You lived this life. You saw this stuff. How are you this dense in the most simple things? It's not our job to know this. Uh, maybe Stone because he's watching the games. I would have loved to have heard Stone's draft uh, thoughts that season. Imagine if he had said, get Jason Tatum, get Jason Tatum, don't get Lonzo Ball. In my opinion, if I'm an NBA guy and I see Stone saying that during telecasts and we see what happened now, you better go get that guy. That's how you judge talent. And, and you need to watch the stuff. That's the thing. You got to watch the stuff. Why is Jerry West the greatest executive of all time? Okay. I'll tell you why. Jerry West, one of the greatest players in NBA history, the logo, NBA champion, Mr. Laker, all this stuff. He's in the gym. He's in high school gyms watching talent. And he had the greatest scout in the history of sports. No one knew Jack squat except him. That was Kobe Bryant. So listen, listen to the guys that actually do the work. It's very few people, very few people do the work. And when they do the work, make sure you take care of them. Bob Myers, my theory, you guys got into your feelings. Steph Curry, I'm talking to you too. Word is that you had a lot to do with this and look at now what's going on. Gerald should be noted as we get through the weeds, it's it's okay for Laker fans and just people in general to to discuss these trades, regard regardless of the the first apron or the second apron. You're not restricted from making trades. You're restricted on how you make the trades. Yeah, it's it's, I, it's not it's not a matter of the Lakers can't make the trade. But they can that's... they can make the trade. They just yeah. have to use different machinations and mechanisms available to them that restrict what they could do. That's all Gerald Gerald was trying to emphasize. The, you you it's straight. You cannot take back more than a hundred and ten percent of salaries when you're when you're capped. It's easier to make these trades when you're when you're below that apron drilled, but there's nothing to say that you that you can't do it either. Sean Marks has done it, Daryl Morey has done it, Basayu Jerry has done it, Calvin Booth has done it, uh Tim Connolly has done it twice in Denver and Minnesota. So there are different ways to skin a cat. It's just now is not the time to for it for it to happen. And people are keep using the the, the December 15th. The real big number is January fifteenth because that that's actually the date when the the, the moratorium is over for everybody your- outside of Vanderbilt, and that's something that I got to remind myself. Vanderbilt, remember he signed him and AD signed yeah. extensions late, and so they're not eligible to be traded this season. That's correct. So, yeah, Vando and 
and AD cannot be traded this season. So yeah, any any thoughts you have on them, might as well just put that to rest. But this, once next summer happens and those teams go in the second tax apron, let's let's say Phoenix. Like you said, Sean, like I was what I was trying to convey is it becomes a lot more difficult. You are handcuffed literally when you get to that sext, second tax apron right there. So yeah. yeah, Gerald, that that's you know that's the one we have to avoid if if we want to continue to be. Or a you better have a damn good team. Team, yeah, one or the other, right? Yeah. Right now, I would say not so much on the latter, the former, but yeah. If we're in the first apron, that's okay. You can kind of work around that. But Gerald's right. That second apron, uh, it's like it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom situation. You have to do it salary for salary, one individual only for one individual. You cannot group trade yet. Yeah, that is so freaking complicated. Restrictions yeah, that's on why your they draft choices. A, yeah, the whole that's nine. That's why they call it a hard cap. And and yeah. me and Joe have talked about this. It's it they 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 call it a soft cap. It's a hard cap, Joe. Yeah. It's a hard cap. Yeah, exactly, Bloodhound. You may not be even allowed to use the bathroom. So I agree with you on that. Excellent, excellent thoughts there, Bloodhound. It's <laughs> going to be pretty tough if we get to that second tax apron. <laughs> but the Lakers win. Big win. This is what, you know, when you and I spoke this afternoon or earlier today, Sean, in the pregame, by the way, big shout out to Facebook, 1,400 views for the pregame. Just to let you know. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Facebook. Really, truly appreciate it. How we got that, you know, just this huge numbers on Facebook. Cannot thank you enough. But yeah, when we talked about it, this is the kind of exact game that we needed. And and I'm glad we got it, man. So hopefully tomorrow night, LeBron will be rested. Uh, AD didn't have to put out that much effort in the second half. And we can finally get things done. I don't expect us to shoot 60%, but if we're smart, we go ahead and we attack the rim and we win the rebounding battle. We can, we can get it done We can get it done and take over first place in the Pacific division. Yeah. I, uh, Gerald, we did not spend one calendar day as, uh, leading the Pacific division since, uh, I believe it was 2021, 2022 early on in the season, Gerald. So it's been a while since the Lakers have been at the top of the Pacific. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I think that does it for the show tonight. Magic Man, you want to send us up tomorrow? Actually, you want to remind tomorrow. Pre-game, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And then, of course, the post-game right here. Lakers fast break. But, yeah, send us home, my friend. Absolutely. Everybody will be on tomorrow for the uh, pregame. Probably around what would what time would you I want to do a little earlier? Up? I want to do around four PM Pacific, seven PM right. Eastern. Yeah. So we'll be doing it four PM Pacific time, preview of the Lakers and Kings from the crypt, and then we'll be live on playback TV. That's playback TV slash Lakers fast break. And everybody, thank you for tuning in to the post-game show. Lakers win 134-107. Wire-to-wire victory. Best one of the year. And we're hoping to make it four in a row tomorrow at the Crypt. So for my esteemed podfather, Gerald Glassford, co-host Joe Soro, I'm Magic Man Sean Grice. Thank you for tuning in to the Lakers Fast Break Pod. And we'll see you tomorrow.